Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I am very excited today to be joined by a good friend of mine. He's the CEO and founder of a company you might have heard of that have been around for a while and power millions of websites on the internet. Um, and it's one of the only open source platforms that are powering websites at this scale. And we're going to talk today about some of the first principles of, you know, getting back to the basics and really doing the things that are timeless when it comes to web and how you can apply this as an agency to really improve the way that you serve your customers and, you know, the way that you run your business as well. So with all of that, Ryan Thrash, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Marcel, thanks so much. Really excited to be here and uh, chat for a bit. And the thing I didn't say in the intro was ModX. ModX is the company that is powering millions of websites yes. that has the open source framework that is being used all over the world. Um, tell us a little bit about ModX, what it is, who you serve, and, and how you sure. started this company. Yeah, so ModX has actually been around for almost um, 19, 18 years at this point. Um, the first release of our software was in 2005, right about the same time that WordPress came out. Just to be clear, we're not WordPress, um, that we would be then approximately half of the internet. Um, but we really focused on a couple of things that differentiated ourselves. One was we focused on speed, we focused on uh, security and uh, collaboration. This is uh, speed, security, collaboration, and of course, uh, I think the open source thing is, is also uh, fairly, it's more unique now than it's ever been uh, with just the advent of all the new website platforms that are coming out. And, uh, you know, I think what's really interesting today is we're seeing a lot of algorithm changes. Um, Google is doing the same thing that they've always done, which is be in direct conflict with the entire industry that they birthed, which is SEO, <laughs> trying yeah. to, you know, it's this cat and mouse game of like, you're trying to figure out what we're doing and we're trying to make it more cryptic. Um, and they changed the algorithm recently and I was worried about it. And then our results didn't change. In fact, they actually got a little bit better when we saw the algorithm change. And when we talked to our SEO guy about this, he goes, well, kind of makes sense. Like their goal is to serve the best possible content and to strip away a lot of the tactics that people use to trick Google into thinking their content is good when it might not actually be. Your content is fundamentally good. If the algorithm is doing its job, then the best content will continue to get served and get good results. And so it's like all the stuff we're seeing in the algorithm changes are speed and good content <laughs> and speed is, you know, one of the core principles that you identified all those years ago, what kind of informed that insight? What, what made you think like, okay, these are the tenants that are going to be like, they've now proven to be timeless. So like yeah. uh, hindsight's 2020, but what was it back then that you saw that you thought like, this is going to be important for the long run? So it, uh, I actually got my background in open source starting in the e-commerce world. And years and years and years ago, early on, there was a, uh, it still is around, OS Commerce, an open source e-commerce platform. And um, I was very into CSS back in the day when it was completely arbitrary and every rendering engine 
made things look differently and you had to know all these obscure little hacks to make things work the way you wanted it to work across different browsers. Um, and what we did is we had a hypothesis that um, a CSS powered website would uh, by nature of being less markup serve faster. And this was back in the day when if you had a 128K ISDN line, you were flying. And so we were serving pages that were rendering about 40% faster, and we could correlate that directly to a an increase in conversion. Um, so what that said to me is people like websites that serve faster. Um, and in general, Google has always liked things that humans um, like. You know, so, you know, back to your core principles of what do you do to, to win on the web? Number one, write really good stuff that people are interested in, keep it updated and serve it faster than your competitor. All those things being equal, you're going to win on the web. And that's kind of what we we try to enable and empower people to do. Um, having that fast page load is just absolutely critical to doing well on the web. Um, that started back in 21, COVID delayed the actual update that Google rolled out, but a ton of people were impacted. Um, if you have better content that a human's gonna like more, Google's gonna weigh that uh, higher, at least this week, is gonna weigh that higher in the search rank, and I don't see that changing. I think what Google has gotten better at and what all of the kind of AI and, and uh, machine learning algorithms have gotten better at is understanding what humans look and sound like versus um, there used to be a trend and a technique you could use to just basically spit out word salad containing the right keywords and Google would land people on those particular sites. Um, that's not nearly as effective as it is. Uh, it used to be. You uh, in this, you know, long time in the web space, you, you've yep. obviously developed a, a pretty big network of agencies that are using the Monex platform to serve their clients. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some really interesting insights in terms of, you know, your focus on speed your focus on collaboration and how that has really like helped a lot of your agency partners, like basically be more, deliver better outcomes to client and spend less time and less money doing it. Um, let's dig into that stuff. Like what's the framework sure. that, that you see your agency partners using that are making them more successful building sites? Sure. So, um, there is kind of the, the, the niche that I think that we fit really well in. And I, I coined this phrase a while back is kind of that fortuneless five million. Um, and what that means is we we discovered early on that we're really bad at at kind of a pure enterprise play. And there's really good people with tens of thousands of employees out there selling to into the enterprise. And that's not the area that we want to focus on. On the flip side, there's also great tools, you know, like WordPress is fantastic for figuring out how you want your site to look and work and kind of prototype it at a high level. But when you get to the point where you need to invest in creating a web experience that's specific to your desires as a business or specific to certain kind of goals or promotions or, or any of the activities that you would do on the web in order to sell, um, oftentimes you run into limitations with uh, what I call pluginitis. It's, you know, let's add another plugin to the mix. Let's add another plugin to the plugin to make the plugin more plug-in-y to the mix. And then when you're all said and done with, you've got sites that are very fragile, um, can be slow, and that's going to be detrimental because when you do get to the point where all things are equal, speed is going to always win in the end. Um, and, and so we actually, one of the things that we did and why a lot of agencies do like 
Modax is because it really does open up creative freedom. And I think the best way to demo or to, to talk about that is you could have built a React CSS3 HTML5 website with our very first release of software back in 2005 with that version of our software, even though those technologies didn't exist back then. Modex is completely agnostic as to the type of output that your site produces, or um, even if you want to use it in kind of a headless application and output just a JSON feed of all your data that's uh, managed and used in real time, you can accomplish that as well. Hmm. And it's interesting because there, you know, I've heard somewhat of a debate around the importance of speed and some people say, well, you know, it's, it's a ranking factor, but maybe it's important. Maybe it's not, you know, internet's getting so fast. Is it really that important? And I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, well, there's kind of two things that I know. I know that I still get absolutely terrible internet reception frequently enough that I know it's still a problem and I'm surprised by it. Mostly when I'm on LTE, um, you know, I live in a rural area of Canada, but even in the United States of America, like I'm on mobile, I'm in between, you know, I'm just somewhere random or I'm in a busy area and it's like, the, the reception is not good. And, the, and to your point, like my, my span of, a, of waiting for a website to load is, is like sub three seconds before I think there's something wrong. And I start mashing the refresh button and I know how this stuff works. <clears throat> and then the other side of this is I can't help but think that Google cares if your website's fast because they've got server farms crawling every website on the planet 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so if they can get a reduction in load times of 10% across the entire internet by making this an important factor and in incentivizing people to make their website more efficient, it's probably saving them hundreds of millions of dollars in server costs. Absolutely. At the, at the conference we were both recently at, um, I was talking to, uh, to one of the, uh, attendees there and we were talking about website speed and I said okay let's take it let's let's have an example show me your website on your phone right here in this busy conference with crappy reception and so he did and it slowly loaded and then we went to another website that is insanely robust but but highly 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 optimized giant images lots of video um, multinational company with 90 different locations around the world recently acquired for a couple of billion dollars and their website loaded almost instantaneously on that same mobile handset. The world, your, your first, your first interaction, unless you're sitting there building websites for a living, um, your first interaction or working on websites for a living, your first interaction is likely going to be on your phone. And, you know, take to your point also, you know, we live in a really neat part of, of Dallas um, and the city zoning just won't allow more cell phone towers. So we have absolutely terrible cell coverage, 5G coverage here inside of my home office. And so those every little thing that you can do saves time and gets that content there. And it gives somebody that chance to go to that second Web page to make that, you know, decision on the spur of the moment because it's easy to do to purchase that that thing that you're selling and and it just it just makes it when you can remove barriers and excuses to conversion you're going to win and speed is a key part of that do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability if you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. 
It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. So I want to tie this back to, you know, the agency business model. And, you know, you think about a web shop, builds a lot of websites, Maybe they've done it across a lot of different tools. You know, what are some of the core principles that you see that lead to an efficient website development process and an efficient project with a client that leads to, you know, great outcomes for the client, but also leads to (laughs) not having the scope absolutely blow up, not having things take longer, um, not having timelines stretch out all the issues, of course, that we know and the risks that come up with website projects and get more and more risky, the, the larger the scale of that project becomes. Yeah, so there's there's a couple of things that really, or a few things that that come to mind. Um, one, having kind of that pre-built snapshot for a starting point with all of your, you know, the the SEO principles that you apply across any website are fundamentally going to basically be the same. So you're going to want all your metadata set up correctly. You're going to want to have a lot of stuff pre-built and pre-configured and ready to go. Um, you're going to have some baseline, you know, tools and utilities that you use on every site. So creating that snapshot framework is kind of a kickstart skeleton to to initiate a new website project is is hugely important. Um, I think collaboration and, and removing barriers to collaboration is really important as well. Um, that can be giving the people working on the themes and kind of the the wrapper and the the decoration of the website the ability to check in stuff to get to be able to update that stuff and to have uh, you know SaaS workflows to output the CSS and minimize all the JavaScript and do all the things that that the front end you know the sophisticated front end developers are doing today in order to build a highly engaging dynamic website um, having all of those being separate from the people that are actually doing the content population and are doing the image work and are doing uh, the writing. So being able to let those people collaborate in a more seamless fashion um, as asynchronously asynchronously as possible um, is just hugely important. And that's that's um, that would be my biggest recommendation is is give everybody the access to do those things at the same time uh, and don't don't start from scratch on every single project. <laughs> yeah, two uh, two great principles, and you know, from my perspective, looking at a lot of agencies that do web projects, and I, this is true about just about any project. Is mm-hmm. my experience has historically been that the biggest risk to most projects is the client, <laughs> them getting in yeah. the way of their own success, their own positive outcomes. And so, um, so many of the hand grenades that get thrown into these projects have to do with having to give access to the client, get something from the client, get feedback from the client. So to your point, any amount of friction that you can remove from that process, any amount of decoupling from the client that you can create in terms of your ability to go and do your job without having to go through them as a gatekeeper um, can have substantial impacts on all of the little things that compound and end up eroding all the margin that uh, you baked into the price of the project when you first gave it to the client. 
Yeah, when when we were doing services work, trying to figure out what we were going to do as a business years ago, and we we fell back into the oldest profession in open source, which is uh, building websites and supporting customers that use your website platform. Um, we had a we had a phrase that we used all the time, and it was "content will kick your ass," uh, and that was with the exception of one time that somebody actually had a VP that was highly engaged and exclusively assigned to creating all the copy. Um, it's managing those clients and, and having the processes in place to manage those clients is incredibly invaluable uh, to making sure that a successful project delivers on time because um, you're never gonna have, uh, that's not true. Most many times you will not have the insight into the customer's business that you need in order to create the ultimate content for them. And people get busy and, and freed up and they think that copy just happens and, and photo shoots just happen. And, you know, they can just download the images wherever they need them from when that's not always the case. Yeah, certainly uh, the place where I see th this stuff get hung up the most. Um, one of the other things that I think comes up really often is, uh, you know, the classic kind of waterfall dynamic that starts to happen in teams that are not um, sufficiently equipped to your point to like deploy quickly and get feedback early on. And then, you know, they end up building this thing that is a hard to change because it's been over engineered yeah. and B is like so far along that a change ends up meaning this, this dramatic uh, amount of work to go back and, and make that change in all the different places. So I think, you know, frameworks and having the right tooling and having the right process in place to ship early and often and really kind of try to adopt more of an agile methodology to the way that yeah. you build these projects. Even if the contract isn't structured in an agile way, I think thinking about deployment in an agile way is incredibly important as well so that you, you can de-risk the execution to a large extent and, and fail early and often. Like if you're going to be off the mark, you, you want to figure that out early as opposed to later. Yeah, decoupling the data from the design is beyond crucial. If if you have things that are so intertwined and interconnected that aren't you know functionally being pushed through a a, a template layer, you're going to put yourself into a bind if you do need to iterate quickly. Um, if a new CMO comes on board, or there's a rebrand that happens, and you know just there's there's all these things that will eventually happen that um if that 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 decoupling to your point just makes a huge huge difference when it comes to making those changes um i want to finish with just kind of going down a little sidebar which is talking a little bit about headless which you know is somewhat mm -hmm. of a hot topic if anybody's like really deep into web um you know this is something that's being talked about a lot uh what is headless and why is everybody so excited about it so, so it, it, I would have some of my technical guys on to talk to you um, about that topic, but at its fundamental, most simple level, it's basically turning your website or the content of your website into an API. Um, uh, the customer that I mentioned earlier uh, uses that extensively because they're feeding everything into a React application. Uh, that is is dynamically populated with JSON data that comes out of the CMS. So in in ModX's case, you have the ability to create custom manager pages, which is the backend application that manages all the content. You can create a custom manager application that only has the fields that specific customer needs to manage that specific page. And then that data can then be fed through an API call to any 
any type of thing that you need. So if you want to use it as a catalog management tool, you could. If you wanted to use it um, for whatever the case may be, you could you could use that as well. And so uh, headless basically means you're you're stripping out the presentation layer and just supplying the data to uh, in protecting the data and making sure that only the right data gets out. You know, it's not just wide open and there's, you know, potentially PII or proprietary information that you don't want out there. So just displaying the right data to the right locations at the right time. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think that's pretty aligned to like the, the understanding that I had of it as well, which is like, instead of like basically carrying the whole website around to every page load and like laying it all out there and then surfacing the parts yeah. that you need, you're like reaching into the box and only pulling out the parts yes. that you need, which is like the, probably the stupidest explanation of that concept that anyone's right. ever uh, had. But that, that's how it, it was. That was the storyline in my, in my brain, but it makes a lot of sense from a security perspective. And then when we talk about speed. It's like, you're basically taking everything that's not necessary and you're not having to load it. So it, it right. should have, especially when you think about the context of like complex e-commerce, pretty dramatic impact on load Huge. speeds. Yeah, because you're, I mean, you're literally just swapping out the images and the copy and you're not touching all the, the decoration and all the framework around that page and, and just swapping out that, those small pieces of data. It, it's, a, it's a great way to, to manage more complex sites. Um, it also does increase to a degree the complexity of a website build. So you really want to, you want to weigh, is this a campaign website? that needs to have a full headless app, you know, implementation, or is this something that, you know, throwing a lot of caching at it and putting a CDN on it that a, that a WordPress deployment could work with. There's going to be always that, that, you know, weight of what you've got to do um, and what you've got to come to the conclusion of. And I can imagine it, it's a paradigm shift from an architecture perspective as well. You got to think about how you're going to build the site in a completely different way because you know i mean the, it, it is going to work in a completely different way you're you're thinking now about all these different elements as objects that are called through an api you have to think about the structure of that like it's, it's i can imagine that's a pretty big mental change in terms of how you would approach the architecture it, it is and, it, and there's also some degree of it's in vogue with developers and is really cool and hot and sexy so i want to go do the cool hot sexy developer things that all the other developers you know my other developer buddies are doing so again that's also one of those things that you kind of have to weigh with you know does it does it really you know at the end of the day the key question should be is it going to serve the pages the fastest? Is it going to allow my customers that own that website to generate and iterate on their content the fastest? And is it going to be a good user experience for both the website content consumer and the website content creator? So, um, you know, there are arguments to be made about doing a full blown custom um, uh, solution wrapped around a, a pure headless CMS play. But a lot of times, you know, pragmatically speaking, you're not doing things at Facebook scale or you're not doing things at Amazon scale. So use something that gets you 80%, 90% of the way there with 0% of the effort and then go invest your time in creating great content again. You know, Create that great content, reallocate some of that budget to doing amazing creative things and uh, you know, super engaging imagery um, uh, that, that is really going to you know, engage your visitors, your site visitors more that leads to conversion. Well, Ryan, I've really enjoyed our chat today. I think we've covered a lot of ground. We've talked, you know, about some of the, the first principles of, you know, what it means to be successful on the web, what it means to be fast, what it means to write good content. We've gotten nerdy. Uh, we've laughed, we've cried. 
And uh, that's, that's about par for the course when you and I get together and start chatting. For, for those that are interested in learning more about you, uh, the great content that you produce over at ModX, where should I send them in the show notes? ModX.com. That's M-O-D-X.com. No E in there. Awesome. So with that, we'll, we'll have links to ModX. We'll have links to Ryan's LinkedIn and, and uh, some of the yeah. content that they're producing in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. And with that, Ryan, thanks so much for making the time to be on the show, man. Thank you, Marcel. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.